1: You're listening
0: to Lego Masters Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And this episode was a big episode. Oh my goodness. Zoe, how are you feeling?
1: I am feeling overwhelmed. <laughs> I've only just recovered. It was an emotional roller coaster, to say the least. So, there's a lot to unpack today.
0: There was so much going on. We had a challenge and then a second surprise challenge. We had a return of a season one competitor, and we confirmed that Brickman did actually have an injury, which we were speculating about last week.
1: Yes. So, last episode, we noticed some sneaky shots of Brickman in a cast, and we were wondering what was going on, speculating whether or not it was a Lego related injury. And this episode they confirmed he is injured. He didn't have, quite have a cast on. He kind of just had like a brace on his hand. And he said it was from lifting a box.
0: It was definitely a box of Lego. I'm just calling it now.
1: <laughs> it definitely was, 100%. We also had the Flush Geordie brick finally being played by Andrew and Damien. Everyone was so excited. I thought it was really smart from them because their uh, table that they were working out was the furthest away from the brick pit. And it was a pretty long build, so I loved having him back this episode.
0: Yeah, it was definitely a great move. And I was wondering if they were keeping it specifically for when they had the table that was the furthest away. And in our interview with Summer and Iona, we confirmed that each episode they get randomly given a different table. And so they might have just been holding onto it for that exact occasion And now that it happened. Yeah. They were like, boom, yes, let's do it.
1: The one thing that I would find hard about having Geordie around is that, well, two things. A, you have to constantly explain to him what you need rather than just like going in and knowing it in your head what it looks like. And B, he's very distracting at times.
0: <laughs> he definitely was having a great time being back there, that's for sure. I love how like every two seconds, there'd be a different camera angle of something happening and you just see Geordie in the background like, meow, like zipping past nonstop.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Alrighty, let's talk about the main build of the episode, which was building above and below their benches this was really hard (laughs) to be honest (laughs) it looked really difficult
0: yeah they had to have a build that had two levels to it one above and below but they also had to deal with building against gravity underneath the table and both of those things seem like really difficult things to pull off
1: yeah you essentially have to build like upside down and then make sure it's not too heavy and there was a whole lot of issues Um, but let's jump right into one of the teams. Let's talk about Trent and Josh. So they did the farmer versus the rabbit with the farmer on top pulling out like a prize-winning carrot and the rabbit underneath trying to hold on to it. This reminded me a lot of last episode's build with the bull and the rider coming out of the frame. They seem to keep going for these kind of big but clear and simple executions.
0: Yeah, definitely. It had like a big scale But it was low on like scene setting, like it didn't have any sort of diorama vibes going on. It was just like these two big characters and like a key prop and that's about it. But the characters themselves are, as you said, definitely big uh, and a lot of details and they seem to be really focusing on that sort of stuff.
1: One thing I did notice this episode, which we commented on last episode, was that Brickman was not sassy. And last episode we said, is Brickman a bit too tough on them? Does he pick on them a little bit? But this time he was so like supportive and nice. And he was like, this is the most difficult and technical build you've done. It was like proud dad vibes.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So maybe he realized that it was a little bit too much last episode and he had to dial it back a little bit.
1: Another thing I found funny with these guys was when Trent uh, accidentally broke the rabbit's head. Josh just turns around and is like, that's not good, Trent. (laughs) Just so casually as if it wasn't a huge deal.
0: That's kind of nice though.
1: Let's jump into Andrew and Damien. They did uh, the beach prank where there was, like, people in the water and someone had a shark fin on the back of them, but then, like, their body was underneath. This, I feel like, was a really cool idea, but they they had a lot of troubles.
0: Yeah, I definitely love the idea. It's such a classic scene. But this did showcase something that does seem to happen every now and then on LEGO Masters where halfway through a build, Brickman will all of a sudden be like, now this criteria is really, really important. And so halfway through the build, he goes over to them – and he was like, I'm going to be very interested to see how you deal with the thickness of the table. And they were like, what? And he's like, ah, well, the thickness of the table has to be you know, taken out of the build. And so it looks like it's seamless when you look at it, blah, blah, blah. And they were kind of like, oh, oh, we didn't think of that. And then so they sort of had to rejig their build and they ended up rejigging it in a way that Brickman didn't like because they ended up emphasizing the front of the build as opposed to the bottom of the build. And it did feel a little bit like they were given information halfway through that they maybe should have been given at the beginning?
1: Yeah, they definitely should be given that at the start. My only thing is I feel like with their build, it was a lot more obvious because they had a person and you can see kind of in the scale, like, okay, there's a chunk of water there and you can tell how that thickness is affecting it. Whereas with the other builds, that didn't really come into play as much because a lot of the time it was just like the ground or the earth or whatever. So it didn't make as much of an impact.
0: It was just like a non-specific amount of ground. Whereas for them it was like a very specific thickness of a person sort of thing.
1: Yeah, exactly. I did think the people looked great. I loved the little details with the bubbles coming out of the kid who was swimming. Um, The story was super clear to me, but I did feel confused with the scale because the woman I mean, it, it she was at the at the front, so maybe that's what they were trying to do, but she was so much bigger than the other characters behind her.
0: I think it was just some forced perspective and maybe it was sort of tough to see without actually being there in person, just on camera it looked a little bit exaggerated.
1: Let's jump to Tim and Danny. They did like the archaeological build and I feel like this didn't get enough attention in the show. I really liked it.
0: Yeah, when they showed the final product, it looked really cool and looked kind of a bit different to what they had sort of pitched at the beginning. So maybe they went through a lot of changes and they didn't have enough time on the show to show all the different sort of directions they went down. Mm-hmm. But I did think it was funny at the beginning when they were explaining the idea to Brickman, and Brickman took issue with the fact that there was going to be a pterodactyl underground. He was just like, "What? Mm-hmm. That's a flying creature. They can't be underground." And they were like, "Oh no, it's like a really big cave. Like you can fly around the cave." And he's like, "Nah." It's a bad, <laughs> but they did it, and he liked it in the end, so good on him.
1: I did actually Google if pterodactyls could fly in an underground space, but um, I didn't get much, so if anyone knows the answer to that and whether or not that's factually correct, let me know because I'm very interested. I just thought it was like a really cool idea. I felt like it was very. Logical, but also very creative. Uh, I just thought it looked great. And for me, they probably could have been in the top two. I think they were close.
0: Yeah, I definitely feel like they had an opportunity to build something that they really were interested in and really wanted to build. And I like that.
1: Let's talk about Jackson and Alex. They did the 1950s worm attack where the worm had like come into contact with nuclear waste and became massive and was like bursting through the ground. This was sick.
0: Yeah, Jackson and Alex are loose boys from Perth. This was sick. You're right. It was such a cool build. And a lot of the other builds were great, but this was my clear number one build this week.
1: Same. I think my notes specifically say so cool, super creative, nailed the brief, looks like it's straight out of Stranger Things.
0: <laughs> yeah, true. If Stranger Things was 50s.
1: Yes. Also, just really love Jackson and Alex's friendship. I said last episode, we're seeing a bit more banter from them, which I really like. And again, this episode, they're just like super fun. I'm really liking watching them.
0: Absolutely. They're such a great team to watch. And there were so many details as well. Like the the worm and the way they built the worm and the way it curled was super impressive. But then all the details of the 50s city. And then even below ground, they had like a subway train there and they had a bunch of other miscellaneous underground stuff that was there. It was it was also cool. I loved it.
1: Yeah, something I think Jackson and Alex do really well is create a really clear story that's really easy to see and tell what it is, but also have a lot of smaller details in there to back it up Uh, i really like that so they obviously won and they're in the top two with trent and josh let's go to jen and jody so they did santa's workshop and the idea was that it was santa's home on top and then the workshop underneath and then there was meant to be kind of santa launching into the sky but they didn't quite get there with the time that they had one interesting
0: thing i noticed was they had this big countdown which Brigman sort of talked about not being sure if he liked but it said that they were launching in 42 and so i wondered if that was like 42 days and therefore this episode was filmed on november the 13th potentially
1: oh ah, very good spotting it definitely could have been I thought it was a really lovely idea, but I did find it a bit confusing to look at at first because the way I pictured it in my head was that it was Santa's house on top and then the workshop was like underground. That's kind of how I thought they were doing it. But they sort of had these toy soldiers, which were quite big on the front. And I I know I just found it a little bit confusing to work out what was actually happening.
0: Yeah, there was definitely a lot going on and potentially it could be a build that really rewards a long look. Mm-hmm. Like if you were looking at it in person and spent a couple of minutes with it, you'd be like, oh, look, that's happening. Look, that's happening. Yeah. As opposed to being one sort of core element, like the 50s worm, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Brickman did say that he loved the idea, but didn't necessarily love the execution. And unfortunately, he did select them for elimination.
1: Very sneaky wording there because there was a big twist. <laughs> a huge with this episode so brickman eliminated them and was crying but then was like wait actually jay and stani are coming back and they're gonna verse you jen and jody and one of you will win your way back into the show what wild (laughs) what's
0: going on here this is crazy we've never seen this before
1: i loved it though (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, Absolutely. Such a cool idea. And James Darnie being sort of fan favorites, it was really nice to see them have that chance to win win them back against other fan favorites, Jen and Jody.
1: So the idea was that they had to rebuild a retro item at a one-to-one scale. So there were things like roller skates, Game Boy, Walkman, Polaroid, um, which was really cool. Jen and Jody chose the Polaroid camera and Jane and chose the Game Boy. Do
0: you know what you would have chosen?
1: I, at first, was looking at the Game Boy and then once they started building it and realized how many random curves there were, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> I want none of them. <laughs> what would you have picked?
0: I feel like they all were difficult in their own ways, but I might have gotten the Game Boy as well, to be honest.
1: Yeah. Maybe the phone. Oh, yeah. Been fun. So yeah, they obviously both picked objects that were quite square for the most part, but obviously had some really tricky details with random curves on the back, and thickness, and all these little details, um, which looked really hard to do. For
0: sure. I would say, based off just looking at them, that the Game Boy maybe was a touch easier, and that I think overall it was a little bit smaller, mm-hmm. and it had a bunch of specifics and details and itsy bits, but... You know, did have a sort of a flat front and a flat back, whereas the Polaroid, the whole thing was like a strange shape in general. Mm-hmm. So, I think Brickman did appreciate that Jen and Jody set their sights a bit higher on an item that potentially was a little bit harder to pull off.
1: Yeah. I loved uh, Jane Stani using the policeman hats as the buttons. That was really cool. Yeah. But it was almost like frustrating watching them try to add all these little details. Like, can we add batteries to it? While the whole time Brickman's just sitting there being like, it's too thick. Like, you need to fix it.
0: I think they did though. It looks like they did take it apart and rebuild it once to get it a bit thinner, but maybe just wasn't enough.
1: Yeah. So Jen and Jody won marginally. Um, I would say that was a really hard call to make.
0: Yeah, it feels like they had a bunch of cool details, like they had a, a working flash at the top of the Polaroid and they did their best to pull off this weird sort of curved pyramid back that the Polaroid camera has. And even though Brickman said that they, he didn't feel like they did it completely, it feels like they did like 90% of a really hard item, whereas Jane and Stunner did like 95% of maybe an easier slightly item. And so it definitely was close, but I feel like choosing Jane and Jody does make sense. Yeah. Almost, just, <laughs> barely.
1: <laughs> and Brickman cried again when he had to say <laughs> goodbye <laughs> to Jane Sonny. It's always heartbreaking when Brickman cries.
0: Yeah, but it does really make you feel like he's doing his best to help the competitors and help them improve as builders.
1: It would be stressful being the only judge. You have no one to, like, bounce off. Well, hopefully if our hashtag Annie for Second Judged
0: campaign takes off next (laughs) season, they'll have Annie along as well. Yes, hoping. You're listening to Lego Masters
1: deconstructed so we've seen the preview for next episode which looks like the star wars episode which is super exciting we've been teased this for a little while now so it's Exciting that it's finally here. Parente, I know you are especially excited for this episode.
0: I basically grew up with Star Wars Lego. I think all the Lego I had was Star Wars Lego, really. So I'm incredibly excited for this episode. And the fact that they're building (laughs) Star Wars vehicles as well, not just like random Star Wars stuff, like specifically Star Wars vehicles. It's like the peak. (laughs) Like Lego was designed for Star Wars vehicles. When they first made Lego, they were like, I'm sure this will be useful one day. And then Star Wars started to have vehicles and they're like aha now we know what to do with our (laughs) Lego. so yeah this episode is going to be great
1: i think i've seen one star wars movie did it
0: have many vehicles in it
1: um yeah it had a few but i feel like they all do (laughs) yeah that's fair (laughs) so i think you will maybe have a bit more insight than i will
0: but i'm sure it'll be interesting to see how you feel about it to the builds Mm -hmm. without any star wars context as well so we'll see how we go
1: exactly Thanks so
0: much for listening to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. We'll be back with a new episode, wrapping up the events of each episode of the TV show. And we also have a bunch of exclusive interviews with contestants from the show already uploaded. We've got our interview with Annie and our interview with Summer and Iona and more to come this week.
1: If you want to get in touch with us, tell us your thoughts. If you disagree strongly or you just want to chat Lego, feel free to get in touch with us on Instagram. My handle is Zoe Peck underscore. And mine is ParenteSwe. Wag King.
0: Thanks so much for listening, guys. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.